your talk show for all things automotive. From the latest news to the greatest views and the biggest names in rolling iron. Your host is Brett Hatfield, freelance auto journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine and American Car Collector Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com and owner of his own small but growing fleet of cool cars. Get behind the wheel of an hour of car talk starting right now. Hey, this is Driven Radio, and we are back, baby. Uh, about a month ago, the wheels fell off, and we had to revamp most everything about the show. And sometimes change can be tough, but we're a lot better off now. We have a new permanent home for our studios, uh, our Driven Radio World Headquarters. World Headquarters. World you Headquarters. Hear that? Uh, World Headquarters, uh, Corey. Also, uh, also known as my house. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> A.K.A. Yeah. Well, the a, thing a, is that Velvet shack. Wayne Newton that's on the wall is inspiring, don't you think? Indeed. I, you know, you, I didn't know that Wayne Newton ever rode a grizzly. Yeah, well, I... But yeah. that's kick-ass in Velvet. Well, I... I took that i had to replace the dogs playing poker the dogs at poker well a fine choice with the lasers coming out of the eyeballs and then yeah well 30 the, cal the bulldog's ears look like it had been moth-eaten <laughs> so that had to come down and uh now driven radio has come home and we never have to worry about studio availability again and uh my commute is really terrific because it involves walking down the stairs and coming through the music room nice uh, yeah yeah it's, just try not to tri- sounds terrible try not to trip over the drum kit a lot's happened since we had our last show uh just about a month ago and i'll try to quickly get through all of this uh we have a new guest host mr Corey pratt from craving cars uh, on Yay. youtube Yay. Corey. good to be here uh, Corey has been a uh, guest on the show before and now he's going to be spending a lot more time with us uh going forward and if you're Hearing that that old familiar voice. <laughs> what is that smell? Good, oh. <laughs> good old Mark Groves, the guy that, uh, that my original uh, partner and host and uh, partner in crime, uh, the gentleman we started uh, Driven Radio uh, together back when it was called Road Muscle Radio. That's uh, still um, in the works. It's, and, and Road Muscle <laughs> may make a triumphant return like a phoenix from the ashes. Uh, Mr. Mark Groves is back with us. <laughs> As a, a guest host and an advisor and a mentor and, uh, you know, the guy who keeps us from getting into the beer too early. Pushing buttons and taking names. Hey, God there love you. Go. you. Uh, so, a few weeks ago, I got an assignment from the magazines that I work for uh, on really, really short notice. And I threw all my junk into the little red GTO and drove to Las Vegas to cover the Barrett Jackson collector uh, car auction at Mandalay Bay. And yeah. while I was there, Sounds while I was exciting. there, I got to drive a brand new 2019 Ford GT. Didn't you call me? Oh, I called everybody. Yeah. I'm so, so stinking excited. Uh, oh, my God. I, oh, my God. I couldn't believe anybody else would trust me in their, uh, <laughs> in their really, really expensive piece of hardware. Uh, but I got to drive that with the gentleman who raced a 2016 Ford GT to the winner's circle at the 24 Hours of Le Mans, a gentleman wow. named Joey Hand. Yeah, no See, kidding. now that, that part, that's cool. That is, yeah. That's just an extra icing on the cake right there. Well, and I got to drive it, and he was riding shotgun, which seems as counterintuitive as anything <laughs> you can possibly imagine. But... We got to drive that thing uh, around Las Vegas early on a Friday morning. 
And so you were driving it on the street, not yes. not a closed course or a no, track. No, no, driving it on the street, and they had a you know a, a laid out a pre laid out route that you were supposed to take. We're waiting at a light to uh, turn back on to Las Vegas Boulevard, and while we're sitting there and we're talking, and he's a car guy, we're just kind of shooting the breeze, talking about car guy junk. Uh, a pre-production 2020 Corvette shoots through the intersection and Joey and I are both looking at each other going that was a new Corvette because nobody has these nobody's built them they just have a few pre-production mules that are out there showing the public and you know we're sitting there in a car that you can't touch for under a million dollars and the new Corvette goes by, and we're both staring Watching at that. a car that you yeah. can't touch at all. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Anyway, uh, I have to thank a bunch of people for uh, allowing me to drive the car. Uh, first of all, obviously, Ford Motor Company. Yay. And uh, Cash Singh, who is their new product planner. And he's also a pretty well-known Pikes Peak Hill Climb racer. Oh, oh wow. very nice. Yeah, oh, got God. to talk to Cash for about an hour. He's really, really a cool guy. have to thank Cash Singh, Ford Motor Company, Scott Black of Timepiece PR and Marketing, because he, uh, he's the gentleman who invited me. Uh, Matthew Ferguson of Barrett Jackson. Uh, he uh, runs their marketing. And uh, just everybody who was involved in getting me behind the wheel of that. Now, I wasn't the only guy. There were a lot of other people driving this, but really, really, really fortunate uh, that I got to do that. And what's funny is, you know, we've discussed this before, Mark, on the show, uh, that when they sold the, when they came out with a new version of the Ford GT in 2017, part of the agreement when you bought one is you couldn't sell it for 24 months. Yes. And what was it, yeah. Cena? Well, Bro- yeah, there the was rules. the Cena lawsuit You're bad, and all that Cena. stuff. You're so bad. There have been a couple of them that have been the subject of uh, subjects of lawsuits. Yeah, have you seen a that? lawyer? <laughs> I'm sure yeah, there's okay. ways around that. But now, just yeah, now, agreement. the some of the very first uh copies that were delivered in 2017 you can legally sell and there was a 2017 uh black gt uh heritage edition that went at barrett jackson and had 27 miles on it oh god sold for a million five forty oh baby yeah and I'm driving That's the twin to that car around Las Vegas. <laughs> so in two years, it's, it's, it's over tripled in price. Well, uh, yeah. Well, uh, hey, supply and demand. You just can't yeah. lay your hands on them. Right. 27 miles on it. it. Is there enough oil floating around in that engine to keep it, uh, uh, keep it happy I, after I'm, two years? Of, I'm That's quite, two years of sitting. I'm quite certain Hopefully that things inside. have very, very good care. Uh, yeah. True that is. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, Duh. We got done with the drive that morning. I got to talk to a bunch of people from Ford and uh, from uh, Timepiece and everything else. And then I went back and did my job and covered the auction Friday and, and <laughs> reviewed a bunch of cars. And then Ford took us all to dinner that night, which oh, was wow. really, really cool. Uh, you know, uh, Las Vegas, not very difficult to find a really terrific restaurant. Yeah, a buffet for nine ninety five. Uh, yeah, all, all you have you to do is gamble right? a little. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> give me the shrimp and crab legs. Bring it, girl. It, it was a <laughs> take little, another highball. It was a little bit nicer than that. Anyway, and all the dinner tables are covered with felt. It's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> They're green, and it says, "It says come line on." It's at my damn grandma's house. What yeah. the hell's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> You're rolling the dice for dinner, baby. <laughs> anyway, uh, they took us to dinner. 
And we sit down, and I look across the table, and I'm looking at Adam Ferrara, who was one of the hosts oh, of my the U.S. version of Top Gear. Yeah. And I'm sitting next to Mike Joy from Fox Sports Net and wow. uh, Cash Singh, the, the new product planner, and Craig Jackson and his wife, Carolyn, were there. Of Jackson. Nice. Uh, Barrett, Bear, Bear Jackson, Jackson. Jackson. The owner of Jackson. Christ. Nice. And uh, April Rose, who was just... She couldn't have been sweeter, and she couldn't have been any hotter. Oh my lord! What a April what Rose a, is, was that a dancer? What a really I'm, she, I'm lost on that. She uh, does some of the commentary for Barrett Jackson that, auctions on Speed. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. Fox okay. Sports Net. Talented, and, and she's yes, been in a, not hard on the been in a few movies. And oh my good lord, you see Happy why days. these people yeah. are famous and they're on film. You look at them and you go, "That can't be a real person. That's too pretty." <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, how about I, Jay Leno? Did you see Jay Leno there? I did not see Jay Leno. Uh, I did get to talk to Larry Edsel of Auto Week and ClassicCars.com. Just good time. Really, a lot of fun. Wow. Being in a in a and the one thing was, we're all huge car nerds, and that was the whole that was the whole evening. Is so, just so was talking this your, to lots of was huge this your car peak nerds. of the year for? Uh, this for is probably my peak of the decade. <laughs> really? Wow. I wasn't going to go that wow. far. I mean, it nice. is a Ford. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, wow. <laughs> oh, and I'm a Mopar guy, and wow. even I'm like, this I, is cool. I, wow. I, I think I just heard your sponsorship dissipation meter <laughs> kick into overdrive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For, it's like, I take hey. him off the Christmas yeah. list. We're not talking you know, about We're not inviting him to the next The person who told you ability. honesty is the best policy, throw a punch him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you might want to kick him in the jaw because <laughs> you, you've been missing four. So. You know, I, I get it though. I get it. So anyway, uh, <laughs> the Barrett Jackson trip was incredible. The Barrett Jackson trip was incredible, but you know, you can only pile so much surreal on one person yeah. before you know this is a breaker trips, and you're thinking, I just want to sit in a quiet room with a glass of milk, and I don't want to talk to anybody. Uh, that was like a what was was it? Uh, um, it was out on uh, in California that you went there and you'd called me from there too, and you were telling me about all the cars that were lined up at the curb. Oh yeah, you yeah, know yeah, there was yeah, like yeah. fourteen to twenty million dollars no. worth of of no, rolling metal I at was, the curb. I was wow. walking into uh, the Russo and Steel sale in Monterey, and yeah, this, Monterey. Uh, that's Monterey. what it was. Not this year, but last year. And as I'm sitting there, seven. Uh, uh, Koenigsegg's pull up to the light right in front of Russo. <laughs> just seven of them. Just seven, huh? Seven of them. Is something wrong with the planet when that happens? <laughs> seven. I'm just looking at him going, oh, there's, there's $25 million worth of cars right there. Yeah. Sitting at the light. Sitting, sitting at the light. light. Yeah. Light changes and they all go rip off and I'm just, I got my camera. I'm trying to get every picture I can so I got a lot of blurry Koenigsegg pictures that were really cool. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, quick draw McGraw over here. The, the Las Vegas, the Las Vegas thing was just over the top in every way it could have been, and nice. it was tough to, it was tough to kind of work it all out in your head. You're you're sitting yeah. in your hotel room yeah. after all this, trying to figure out, did that really happen? Nice, so, right? But the best thing that's happened in the last month is Me. we're building this oh, studio right. here in the house where yes. we can all get together and talk about car stuff and have a good time and you know now i'm a, i'm not blaming you 
Keep this in mind. I'm not blaming you. <laughs> Which means he is. How <laughs> uh, dare you, Mark? But this is all your fault. Shame on you. <laughs> every, every, nope, no every, blame. Every bit of this is all your fault. He's not uh, blaming you. He's just pointing. Well, fault. radio Wait. is an infection, man. As a career choice, <laughs> it's it's the herpes of careers. Oh. <laughs> you oh. never get rid of radio. Oh man. So oh, welcome to it, Sparky. There's, there's no leaving that back in yeah, Vegas. There's, That's there's coming no, home. With there's you. no I in team, but there's two in syphilis. Anyway. <laughs> When you and I <laughs> go, just keep going, just keep going. We're almost you, there. When you and I were, were uh, doing the show, you spoiled me right out of the gate because, one, you've been in radio for over 30 years, uh, real close to 35 years. Yep. You've been doing this a long, nice. long time, wow. and you're really, really, you really good it. at it. And the <laughs> other thing was, we were recording at your workplace you know and we can we'll, we can say it out loud it was an intercom studio we were recording in an intercom uh, studio so we had Kansas the City. biggest best baddest of everything we had nice wow. toys we had great toys our production was fantastic and it's all it's all your fault you ruined me <laughs> and that's all your fault the second thing well. was uh as radio is changing so did your job yeah and they I, I think I can safely say tripled your responsibility at work. Uh, yeah, at least we went to, uh, and yeah, it's it's all good. Uh, you know, radio is is a changing thing, much like uh, any other industry. Sure. And with with the uh, technology being able to do what it can now, uh, they're do, you're doing more with less people. Yes. However. <laughs> You're doing more. Yeah, I, yeah. you're doing, doing more. more. And I don't have less people. It's it's every other market has less people. We were doing production just for the Kansas City market with eight radio stations. And here very, very shortly, we'll have 14 markets and 73 radio stations for which we're doing the commercial so production. So it's safe to say wow. that all the free time you had, which wasn't a lot to start with, <laughs> got eaten alive, <laughs> went away. You it should... all went away. You know, I want to say a shout out to my lovely wife, Cammy, uh, who's a great graphic designer. She uh, she gets to see the mess that comes home every day oh, as yeah. I come dragging in. I don't want to think no more. Yeah, and she's like, okay, that's fine, honey, because you're really good at that. <laughs> I'm just I'm just supporting you. That whole blank stare. You're really good. And then, uh, well, I yeah, thought you looked so un- helpful. I thought you looked unhinged before. Gee, many Christmas, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, so anyway, <laughs> when, when all of your free time went away, uh, so did the show. And uh-huh. uh, I did find another co-host. I did find fantastic Vern Estes. Oh, and Vern, Vern yeah. and I what had to go guy. find other studios. And what I found out is trying to schedule around other studios when the guy the engineer there isn't your partner in crime and doesn't yeah. run the show you know nobody nobody cares nobody cares if you're there or if they got time for you or anything else so we spent the last six or eight months eight months really juggling with studios and engineers and trying to find people to help us do this nobody really cared they just wanted you to give them some money and go away yeah it was just untenable so here we are now in our new studio where we can control what happens and when it happens and when we get together and how what we talk about and everything else and again this is all your fault <laughs> made this you is, hungry for the empire baby well this is this is me thanking you for helping me put all of this stuff oh, together absolutely. and absolutely. walking me through a whole bunch of stuff that i didn't have any idea how to do or set up and Thank you so very much for everything. Very welcome. Uh, I feel hugely indebted to you. Uh, where do you want to go eat barbecue? <laughs> we'll talk. And yeah. I haven't met you 
Uh, well, I haven't known you for very long, Mark, but I would have to say, you know, it's been a few weeks. It's it felt like it's been three or four weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, we go, we go way back a month a lot at least. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm great in dog years socially. <laughs> Well, every time somebody's around me, it was only 15 minutes, but it seemed like three hours. Uh, It seemed like we started recording this show back in September. But think of it this way. Besides the new studio, not only that, we got, we got a world headquarters here. Oh, world, world headquarters. headquarters. World, yes. headquarters. world headquarters. The beginning Don't of the empire. That. Yeah, UPS right can find us now. They know we're, uh, we have an address. <laughs> yeah, it's all the stereo. It might be over. late if it's yeah. through Amazon. <laughs> yeah, well, they're, they're wondering why there's a stack of 14 boxes on my front porch. Uh, again, this is all your fault, Mark. Thank you so much for everybody. Uh, congratulations on your launch. And now... Thank you, everybody who is listening. Thanks, Yay! everyone, for sticking with sticking us and around. listening to Driven Radio. We are your home for the very best in automotive content and interviews. So you can find us online at readthedriven.com, on iTunes, Pippa, Stitcher, Google Play, and everywhere fine podcasts are heard. Please follow us on Facebook at forward slash Driven Radio Show, on Twitter at Driven Radio Show, and on Instagram at Read the Driven. We are coming to you from Driven Radio Studios in Overland Park, Kansas. Our new world headquarters. You just got two Ooh. foot taller, Sam. Yeah, Did you see that? no kidding. <laughs> oh, no, well, I'm, I'm sitting on phone books. Uh, we are just thrilled that you're here with us. I, of course, am Brett Hatfield. I'm your host. We're here with Craving Cars' own Corey Pratt. Uh, Corey has been a guest on the show before, as I said, and he'll be here a whole lot more going forward. Uh, Corey, welcome and thanks for being with us. Thank you. Now, Corey. Yes. Can you That's tell us, <laughs> give, give us uh, a rundown or a thumbnail, um, give us a little bit on your automotive background. How did you become a car guy? Um, I became a car guy by listening to my mom's Nova that had a racing engine in it when I was in third grade. Dude, that, that sounds thing. really cool. Wait a minute. What's the <laughs> story behind that? Very no, nice. I want more My of grandma's that. Nova didn't race. What the mm-hmm. hell? So the funny thing is, of course, back then, if you had those kind of cars, half the cars on the street were muscle cars, it seemed like. That was just a an average car. What year was it? Uh, that's a good question. It's early 70s. Early, early 70s. 70s. Okay, nice, nice. Okay. Um, she actually had a 60s one at one point, but that was Uh-oh. that was that back before my time uh, on knowing that car was gone before I was around. <laughs> Okay, uh, for everyone who's listening, I can't wait till we get the cameras up and we start doing a little bit of video in here. Uh, Mark's phone rang in the other room, and boy, you should have seen the contortion act he did to getting out of here to go. <laughs> oh, There's some tweaking in the studio that yet sorry, needs to be done. Sorry to interrupt your uh, your story about your mom's Nova. Continue. <laughs> well, I just you know not knowing anything about cars, not knowing this, I just know that she had a friend, and that's basically kind of what he did as his hobbies. He built race engines he did drag racing and things of that sort and i guess he got a hold of the engine out of my mom's car and said this could be better well of course and so the next thing i know it's like we're driving around in this absolute yuck i mean i don't know what they were thinking about colors of cars back then there was a lot of nasty ones there was a green color it's a real ugly i called it puke green okay but anyways that's what it was what a pretty looking car but boy, it sounded nice. And I remember her pulling out, and she she started that car up, and it was just that that rumble. I pulled. I was like, "Mom, this thing sounds cool." And then she goes, "Yeah." And then she backed out and gunned it down the street, and boy, it flew me back in that seat. And I was like, "Oh yeah." And so from then I've been kind of hooked on cars. So then then that's what did it. That's is, what did it. It was mom and a lead foot and a racing engine. It's a good old classic American muscle story right there. That's awesome. I love it. 
Now, Mr. Groves, ah, back. Uh, welcome back, <laughs> back. to Torsons. Um, so sorry about that. Thirty-five years in radio doesn't uh, turn off his own damn phone. <laughs> yeah, but in your defense, phones phones like that have only really been a thing for about ten years. Oh wow, that yeah. really helped a lot. <laughs> uh, for those of uh, for those of our listeners who are not familiar, Mr. Groves, a little bit of your automotive background. I started by building models. I loved building models, and I that's how that's I figured out the names of the pieces of things. And I was oh, even nice. one of those kids uh had a little daydream myself and my friend George. Uh, was we, this a real friend? or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah, this isn't a fakey, fakey story. This is kind of why I call them called Catfish. Because uh, George and I, George Gerard, he and I wanted to uh, open up our own junkyard. And we were going to rebuild. 50, I wanted a 57 Chevy so bad. And I grew up in Southern Missouri. Mind <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, <laughs> I was I'm imagining my from. own junkyard in my head. I think you may have just put an anchor on the show, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a cool oh, idea. Oh, God. I was like, oh, yeah, we could do all this and this. And, of course, I never went to Votech, so I'm a total idiot. But, uh, uh, you know, it started there. And we're going to have him tell you the story about uh, learning how to weld. Oh. oh God! <laughs> you had to bring up the pain. Did you? Well, my first car was a 1955 Plymouth, and my parents talked me okay. into it because I was uh, my best best friend at the time. He, his dad, poor guy, great guy. Just uh, at, as a youth, he wasn't given much more than a, a heartbeat, and uh, and everything else was left behind. Uh, but uh, uh, Paul, his dad owned a Texaco gas station, oh. got him a 1965 Mustang Fastback. <laughs> wow. now, it didn't have the, it had the 289 badge, but it had a 351 with the center console shifter Ooh. and was just, just sweet. And we treated it like garbage, beat but it like fast. A mule. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then uh, when it, he was a year older than I was and when it came my turn, my mom, uh, met, she worked as a bartender down there. In Branson, Missouri, mm-hmm. and she in Branson, <laughs> Vegas Branson. for people without teeth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Wayne Newton, mm-hmm. Donka Shay, I made a career See, down here. Circle of life, uh, yeah, it all boom, comes back around. Yeah. And uh, the fellow that had come into the bar, she was talking about her stupid kid who need, wanted a stupid car, and he mentioned that he, he worked at all these places and saw one in a barn down in Arkansas. Blah 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 blah. blah. They mm-hmm. took me down. My mom and dad absolutely friggin' campaigned for me to get this car. It was a 1955 Plymouth. Now, my mom had rolled a, I think it was a 48 Kaiser uh, when she was uh, in her early teens. Or, I'm sorry, late teens. And uh, it rolled. She got tossed out the back window. People stopped, rolled it back over onto the wheels. Off they went. Oh, my goodness. And she's like, you know, those cars are tough. And uh, she's right. Yeah. Yeah. I had no... No seatbelts and, and a <laughs> metal dashboard. Window, right. You know, so, I swear to God, uh, God watches over drunks and little children because there's no reason I should have survived my stupid youth because I had a lead foot in a POS car and somehow I made it through. And I, I want that car again. Uh, two door, by the way, two door uh, Savoy Plymouth, 1955 Plymouth Savoy, two door. And so if, it, and if, if it's you're out there orange, and you're listening and you know where one of these is, you just, uh, in you, the middle of your junkyard somewhere, please, <laughs> co- 
Please contact, contact us. Please contact me, Brett, at Driven Radio. <laughs> you know, if you happen to know one that might be a little running, and it's okay that it's a three on the tree because that was my baby. That was my jam. Oh, so my goodness. Uh, that started it, and I've always been in love with the, the big boats ever since, and I'm still uh, trying to find the one. And, you know, I'm, I'm now an empty nester. That's changed since the last time the show was, but uh, last time I was on regularly, but I am. am an empty nester now which and, means uh, you've got room to put well, stuff i've almost got room to put stuff and eventually i'll be able to save some money <laughs> <laughs> kids be expensive well we are oh, thrilled boy. you're back i'm Yay! so happy to have you uh i'm hoping that we get to have you uh, a little bit more frequently having you gone for eight months just uh, it was fun man it was fun being on the show fun talking cars and even though it half is. the time i didn't know it's my a, a from a hole in the ground uh i learned a lot yeah well, and and uh, I've learned a lot from our guests too. So we've mm-hmm. we've had some really cool guests on, and we've got another one coming up. We've got Chris DeGancy. Oh uh, yeah, he's a returning guest and friend of the show. He's the founder of the Dead Ends Hearse Club in Atlanta, and also one of the founding members of the National Hearse and Ambulance Association. And Chris will be here to talk about some of his automotive obsessions, scary cars, how to anger your neighbors by dragging home strange projects, and maybe even a little Corvette talk. Turns out that Chris is a Corvette guy as well. Uh, we've got some some pretty big news in the car world this week about the UAW strike against GM Ugh. and uh, a little blurb from one of the magazines I work for, American Car Collector, about that Barrett-Jackson Las Vegas sale. So... Now, 40 days, 40 days uh, after the UAW uh, started strike, began the strike against GM, uh, they've reached a tentative agreement and it looks like their hourly workers, uh, well, they return to work today, Monday. Uh, the focus was uh, to resume normal operations as quickly as possible, said GM uh, spokesman Dan Flores. Uh, the strike, which started September 16th, ended Friday after UAW members at GM voted to ratify their new four-year contract with the automaker. Here's the killer. Oh. GM's suppliers took a huge hit oh, sure. during this strike. Uh, one of them, uh, Lear Corporation, that supplies GM with seats and electronics, lost $525 million in 40 days good lord in 40 days they lost 525 there aren't that many bench seats in the world lost 525 million dollars in that's revenue. more money than i would lose in las vegas at gambling <laughs> maybe maybe yeah. uh, it depends on who's staking you uh anyway they lost 525 million dollars in revenue due to gm plans being shut down Jimmy. uh we will have wow. the link to the larger article on readthedriven.com. Now, according to American Car Collector magazine. What a great magazine. What a fantastic publication. Yeah, if you, if you don't get that every month, you should. They Absolutely. Uh, they, they employ uh, just unbelievably Anybody. talented. Yeah. I mean, un- unbelievably. Well, they'll uh, you know they'll they'll <laughs> send you to Las Vegas on short notice and let you go have a good time. Probably that's pretty sweet, man. Shit. That's pretty sweet. Uh, according to American Car Collector, Barrett Jackson finished its 2019 auction season in Las Vegas with its first 100% no reserve collector car and automobilia auction in nearly a 
decade. I heard that on, I think it was, uh, oh God, was it NPR that I was accidentally listening to? Uh, my toner fell to the bottom of the dial and I couldn't get it to come back. <laughs> but uh, that it was a, a no reserve auction. It was everything. Just everything it, sold. Now, this is the I first auction first auction I've ever covered that had a 100% sell-through rate. Everything sold. God, Everything that sold. That is so sexy. It so what's is. the point of an auction if it doesn't sell? Well, the you know, well the thing, thing is, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not yeah. for I'm not for the reserves. The reserves are just kind of you get you get a little bit of money grubby. You're willing so, to sell the car, then you just need to. You want fifty grand? Start at fifty grand. Then. Yeah, yeah. You're in Vegas, exactly baby. Right. Roll the dice. Yeah. What, what kind of crap is that to say? You know, hey, we're going to start it at five, but there is a reserve. Oh, well, then who cares? Yeah, what's the point? What of started yeah. the reserve? You really want that? Start it there. Yep. Let's well, see what happens. Hey, roll the dice. See what happens. Maybe yeah. you'll get lucky. But you know, that's a that's one of the things, especially with the cars that I love. Uh, a no reserve auction would be great because you know it would only take it if I can arrive at a place where there's not a lot of idiots like me. I'm in like Flynn, baby. Well, and you're not. You're <laughs> I'm not gonna the drop only... my 4K on something spectacular. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, and you're not the only guy who loves a bargain Probably on not a, a car. Jackson. Mm-hmm. If you will remember that utter crap box Jeep I had last year. Oh my God! There was about that. more ugly on that than a Rolling Stones group photo. Just the ugliest thing you've ever seen on four wheels. Anyway. Uh, they they wrapped up the auction with a 100% sell-through rate. Uh, they had a, a... You could not believe the diversity in the docket there. They had such cool stuff, and they had a lot of it. And they wound up netting $33.3 million. Now, now is that what Barrett Jackson earned, or that was the total take for the entire auction? I believe that was a total take for the entire Jeez. auction. But still, you got to remember, there's... 10% seller's fee, mm-hmm. and I think there's 10% buyer's fee. Pretty sure about that. And then there's also fees for <laughs> listing the car. So Barrett Jackson did oil not, fee. Barrett, Barrett Jackson, yeah, no kidding. So how many days does this go over, the Barrett Jackson here? The, this, uh, this, this Wednesday, Wednesday was setup day, and then uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and I think Sunday, but I was already out of town. But So in within four days yep. or less. Yep. $33.3 million. Well, but you also got to remember, there were some cars that sold for not very much money. Yeah. And oh, there, sure. There were There's several of those. No, I, I, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. saying that isn't like a good thing. It's like, wow, yeah, that's so pretty and, impressive. And then there was that Especially million and a half dollar for I worked GT. with a lot of car dealerships, and if there was a car dealership that could make that in four mm-hmm. days, well, they're in good shape. But that's the other thing. Pardon me. That's the other thing about going to Barrett-Jackson in Las Vegas. Barrett-Jackson, no matter where they are, is a spectacle unto itself. There is so much stuff going on, and they've got so many vendors and oh, yeah. uh, people who've got stuff on sale that, that have big displays set up and all kinds of things going on like that. And then they've got the cars, and they've got the TV crews, yeah. and they have people like you know the folks I got to eat dinner with. They've got Adam Ferrara and April Rose, Mike Joy, and all the. There is a ton going on, and then to have that at Mandalay Bay. In That's the middle insane. of a gigantic casino, and I mean gigantic. Yeah, I've been you know, there. I have one of those watches that counts how many steps you take during a day. Yeah, I was getting about eight thousand steps walking through the casino <laughs> to get to the sale. Nice. It just goes on forever. I I didn't know you could have a mile of carpet, but apparently you can. So 
Anyway, well, that's uh, like the sni- Vegas. snipe comments Vegas. I was just making about, you know, 10 percent of those, 10 percent that it makes a lot of sense because that is a huge number of people oh, and yeah. such a huge ordeal that you can get a vehicle into. I mean, my God, they're, they're bringing such a wealth of and le- a wealth literally well, and figuratively oh, sure. of people up there to buy these vehicles. Yeah. And you know, for, the 10 percent makes sense. And for local yeah. people, uh, you guys, this will put it in perspective for you. The auction hall or the the uh, uh, the convention hall that they were having this in at the casino, I would venture to say every bit the size of Bartle. Every wow. bit as big as Bartle Hall, and it was one of three they had there. Oh, my God. Going at once? Well, no, 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 no. Okay. No. I'm just I saying, was about to, the casino, the casino itself out. has something that's probably, probably rivals Bartle Hall for square footage, and that's where they were having the sale. Yeah. And then you've got the casino and the restaurants and the shops and all the stuff there, and it's in the middle of Vegas. It's on the Strip, and, and just how much surreal can you stack up? Yeah. You know, it it right. is almost overwhelming. Anyway, I have the link for that article uh, online. It will be on readthedriven.com and also on drivenradio.com. Uh, when we come back, we'll be talking to uh, Chris DeGancy, returning guest and friend of the show, uh, founder of the Dead Ends Hearse Club and one of the so founding awesome. members of the National Hearse and Ambulance Association, and also just a fun guy to talk to he he tells the best stories and he's got a bunch of them and we'll have that coming up here next on driven radio welcome back to driven radio coming to you from driven radio's palatial new world headquarters palatial palatial also known as uh, my house uh we're in uh fantastic sunny well it wasn't so oh, dude it was, that's it nice was, of you. it was great the weather sucks crummy. it's awful and we're it, waiting for it to snow it, it you know it'd be a great day for a funeral oh perfect which strangely enough my, my <laughs> it, it it is so crummy outside the little dog has been standing by the front door and she won't even go out she's, just, she's just mad well i mean look at her she weighs five pounds uh anyway Back here in fantastic Driven Radio Studios, we've got uh, spe- our special guest this week and returning guest, friend of the show, uh, Chris DeGanchi, uh, founder of the Dead Ends Hearse Club and one of the founding members of the National Hearse and Ambulance Association. Uh, Chris was on our Halloween show last year. Uh huh. And for good reason. Uh-huh. He is, he's got the <laughs> best stories oh, about absolutely. things that happen with, uh, well, we're going to let him tell all the stories about uh, hearses and uh, the misadventures that you can associate. First thing, we're going to get to the good stuff. Chris is a Corvette guy. We were wondering if you'd tell us about your Corvette a little. Oh, yes, absolutely. So, I, let me, as, as all good stories showed, let me start at the beginning. Um, <laughs> I was never like a Corvette guy. I never figured that I had the, you know, the jorts and the New Balance kind of vibe oh, as, that a, hurts. as a person. Oh, I love you already. <laughs> oh, that, so, that hurts. And, you know, and I had, I had a ton of super, of really good fast cars, but just nothing of that ilk. And then, you know, I think it was 2013 when Chevrolet released the, uh, the, the images of the C7 at the auto show. Um, I mean, to, <laughs> I, I got what can only be described as a freedom boner. At that, because America had done something so so impressive, so beautiful, you know, with the big, thick haunches, and oh, it was just gorgeous. And yeah. I, I told Agreed. my wife, I was like, "Okay, that's my next car." 
So I went on the configurator, built one that couldn't exist in the natural world. And then uh, a couple of years ago, I was um, decided it was time to get rid of my, my, my particularly lovely little G37S. I was like, you know what? It's Corvette time. I'm officially, I'm ready. Oh, so well, that's exciting. Somehow, somehow, some way, the, uh, the exact car I had configured, like I said, could not exist in the natural world. Was at the dealership I bought my Infinity from. So oh, went, that's traded perfect. It, bought that. Love oh, that. And then, dude. like about a couple months ago, I was uh, sitting in a different Chevy dealer getting my my oil changed, and they had a Z06 in the in the showroom, and they cranked it up to move it. And I'm like, ah, crap! I need to upgrade. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's a sickness. <laughs> It, it really is. It, it's a proper sickness. So did, did a little research, found the one I wanted. Uh, it's a 17 3LV trim package, Watkins Gray Glen, ah, Watkins Glen Gray Metallic uh, with the carbon ceramic brakes, black interior. It is just, you know, I'm pretty sure it's the, most, the fastest, most expensive thing General Motors made in 2017, and I love it. And I really should clean out my garage so it's not sitting outside while my, you know, <laughs> Oh, $3,000 $3, motor, motorcycle is sitting in the garage. Instead. Got it under a big tree, too, maybe with oh. a lot of limbs, waiting oh, yeah. for some hail and, I, and know, a flock of birds. birds. Yeah. You know, <laughs> feed them <laughs> mulberries and blackberries. <laughs> Gee, man. Yeah, that's, that so, is a, a very nice car. So Chevrolet. It, it is lovely. And so I had originally planned on keeping the black one, and then when the C8 came out, I was going to wait and buy one of those. And the worst kept secret in automotive history, right? It's like, I don't know. I think less people knew about like Elton John's pastimes than they knew about the C8 <laughs> coming out with spy pictures. <laughs> and here, <laughs> so, I mean, it was on their website. They had it in the urban camo on the website, like launch date, 30 days. Dude, you're not fooling anybody. So I love the front end. Uh, the interior, though, looks a little... Uh, I don't know. It's probably great if you're single, but if you if you're oh, married, then you know yeah. you're just you're in your own little personal mother-in-law suite in the car, and then you know, <laughs> your, your wife wife is sitting in Never Neverland, and plus the she's end, in the cup I holder. Can't help but feel like it's it's like a halfway between a Viper and a Camaro had a hate-filled love child, and <laughs> that's what the back looks like. So it's just uh, angry. It didn't do it for me. It didn't do it. <laughs> it didn't do it for me. So that, that's grudge uh, the, sex. Yeah, yeah, and and engineering. <laughs> <laughs> so have Absolutely. you have you put your order in yet, or are you uh, you waiting for second year? Um, I'm waiting for a, a ZO. Uh, that's I think that's what I would buy. Um, honestly, though, I mean the the one I have is so good. Like it's really hard for me to imagine. They really are. You know, like how much better the next one would have to be in order to get me to trade it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, time will tell. Um, earlier in the show, uh, we were talking and I saw a pre-production uh, C8 shoot through an intersection on Las Vegas Boulevard while I was there covering <laughs> Barrett Jackson. And it's, oh my God. well, the odd thing was at the time I was sitting in a 2019 Ford GT and riding shotgun was Joey Hand, the guy who won Le Mans in 2016. So... <laughs> When it went through the intersection, we're both looking at each other going, that was a new Corvette. <laughs> anyway. It's not exactly like you're sitting in traffic in squalor at that point either. It was the only thing that had more curves than everyone on the sidewalk. Yeah, yeah it was It was a little <laughs> surreal. Probably more plastic, too. 
so. <laughs> <laughs> and almost as much engineering. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, uh, mid-engine. Wow, well, look how that's cantilevered. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the ranch. Yeah, no kidding. All right, um, so, for those who didn't get a chance to hear you last time you were on the show, what got you interested in cars? Uh, so, my dad was in the car business. He was a F&I man. And so, you know, there was always something interesting and new showing up at the house. And he bought a Maserati for one day. And uh, I don't know if you guys remember the, uh, in the 80s, you know, there was like a, it looked like a Chrysler LeBaron, uh, but it was a hard top with a, like an opera window with a Maserati logo on it. Yes. Um, absolute, absolute piece of crap. But he just really wanted to be able to say, I owned a Maserati. So he literally went and bought one and then took it back the next day. Just a, you know, dream fulfilled. Um, and so it was just, you know, it was just part of the, the ethos. And, uh, you know, after he died, my, uh, my stepdad, he worked in general motors for 20 something years. And my, uh, my stepbrother was a mechanic. So, you know, he always had cool cars, you know, he had a 86 IROC Z with a 327 in it with nitrous. And, uh, <laughs> oh my God. So when it was, when, when I turned 16, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm learning to drive on cool stuff or, you know, he would get hammered at a bar and I'd have to go get him. So I learned to drive five speed in his little, his escort GT, which was his daily. And uh, I didn't know how to drive. And he was hammered. I mean, properly just, you know, run for Congress drunk. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so stealing that. Yeah. Hey, I didn't make a chap and quick joke. Oh, I kind of did. No, but we will later. There's still time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was a lifelong fascination. You know, I collected everything I could on Lamborghinis. Uh, you know, the Countach is still, uh, actually, even more so the Mayura is, is one of the most gorgeous cars ever made. You know, you watch Cannonball Run, and buzz, you know, a dozen times when you're a kid. Oh, yeah, And yeah. it's just, that, be, that became my thing, and, you know. You know, nobody's ever chased me down a Lamborghini and tried to get out of a ticket by unzipping their thing. But it's still a Lamborghini <laughs> Man probably dream. in the works at some point. You know, when you and, say uh, Jerry Reed is my jam, you know that you're in neck deep. <laughs> <laughs> you got it from your dad. You got it from your stepdad. You got it from your brother. It sounds like you were pretty well doomed to be a car guy. Why hearses? Why why right, why so hearses? The- Four fifty four. That is the that is the question that uh that I always get is like it's cool but why? If I if I decided to grow a second evil head out of the center of my forehead, I think I would get less questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, that I get. You can see behind yourself, but this hearse, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just gonna will Quato into existence. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> wow. So, so, see, see, previously, um, uh, early, early expired father. Uh, he was a, a whopping forty when uh, when he kicked it. Big oh, old wow. uh, nasty heart attack. Yeah. And um, so, at the at the funeral, the, you know. Everybody's crying and weeping and big Sicilian deal. People are gnashing your teeth and wringing garments, you know, like a proper mournful experience. Throwing salamis. And I see yeah. This, yeah, as we do. As, <laughs> as we, we do, do uh, yeah. So I hear. It's not a Missouri. <laughs> not a party until somebody pulls out their salami, right? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Story of my life. <laughs> when did I lose control of this? <laughs> <laughs> so let me are slinging salamis at your dad's funeral and. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they say, a temporary protection order is another way to say I love you. Uh, so the, when, 
when they bring out the hearse, it is just, you know, dripping in chrome and black paint. And it's just long as the Queen Mary. And it's just beautiful. So yeah. I look at my mom like, what is that? That's a hearse here. Can I have one? <laughs> Maybe when you're older. <laughs> is that so, what she said? Oh, brilliant, Mom. Oh, yeah. Well played. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you can imagine the look on her face when I was about 20 when I showed up at their house. And um, uh, <laughs> um, I bet she wasn't as amused then. <laughs> or charmed. Uh, you know, I, I, I think my family has pretty well accepted uh, long ago that, you know, not in, not in the modern sense of Chris wasn't like all the other boys. But like, oh, Chris so is a little different. We love him. On. Bless his pee-picking heart. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, it is Georgia. You know, boy, he ain't yeah. sharp as knife in the drawer, is he? That Deganchi boy, he's, he's different, but he's a good kid. We like him. Put me in, coach. Yeah. <laughs> Throw me the ball. Throw me the ball. Thanks, Rudy. Oh, that's so wrong. Uh, anyway. Oh, man. <laughs> I actually found found the one I have now, which is, uh, you know, like I've had, I want to say, 16 or 18 hearses. Oh my uh, most of which I've lo- lost tremendous amounts of money on because oh, sure. I was more interested in just getting them into the hands of people who would love them dearly and rarely did because if you had to buy a car from me and basically finance it, you probably couldn't fix one of these junk hair pieces <laughs> of crap. <laughs> so, so this one has, but my, the one I have now, who is a, it was Morticia has been, you know, been with me since 98. My wife and I got married in that car. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. We, so they were just buried on the back window and crossed out the B and put an M. So, <laughs> so it's an integral part of my life. And, you know, I bought that one out of a junkyard. It had been there almost two years and there wasn't a single bolt missing off of the car. Wow. And, you know, there was uh, there were other hearses that had come and gone, but just everybody in the yard would be like, man, there is something wrong with that car. I'm just terrified to get near it. Oh, that's so that, awesome. That strong. Tennessean accent, even though they're in Georgia. <laughs> I don't know why I went with that one. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I sat in the car and it smelled like a funeral home. That smell of, of like rotting roses and just, Oh uh, yeah. You know, Cooped up old people that like Lysol from the wrong side of the track. (laughs) Smelled like smelled like Matt Locke and tapioca. Um, (laughs) And she would just not start. I just and nothing. So they brought a second tow truck out because I killed the battery on the first one while I was trying to jump it. And I'm and I'm like, look, if you will start, I will take you home right this minute. And I turn the key, fires right off, car cranks up. Plumes of smoke. I mean, it looks like the beaches of Normandy, but it just it ran. So, so I drove it home, and I, uh, you know, managed to get to the house on tires that were easily old enough to drink, and you know, big old fat daddy white walls. Oh my! And I was God. like, "Well, screw it! I'm driving it to work tonight." <laughs> oh my! Questionable ass tires, fresh out of the junkyard, like pulling trees out of like the fenders, you know, like where oh, you know, yeah. stuff was starting to emerge for fresh growth. <laughs> and yeah, it was just, and she has, she has tested my patience every single trip since, uh, <laughs> including, but not limited to, you know, a couple of cross country trips in Pennsylvania and, uh, the, the fine, fine <laughs> state of Alabama. Yes. Where, where the birds fly upside down because there's nothing <laughs> worth crapping on. <laughs> <laughs> We love you, Alabama. <laughs> All right. Well, you're, you're starting to touch on this next question, so let's get to it. Why should you not get into funeral cars? 
Oh, yeah, this one's a... Uh, Allow me to expound. Why is um, why is this a terrible idea? As long as you're getting in the front doors, it's okay. It's coming in through the back door that's the issue. <laughs> well, for for fear of uh, getting a, a copyright uh, against me from somebody who I do not get along with in the Hearst community, she does say, "Don't let your first ride be your last." And I, I have to agree with that because it is, you know, with what they say when you smile at a Hearst, you'll be next in it. <laughs> the key is to find one you're going to go buy, grin at it, take it with you. Okay. Uh, so. You have to figure too, like so the like the big body cars. So they may be, you know, the traditional funeral, you know, big ornate bastards uh, up until about 1976. Yeah, and you know that, that was a commercial chassis car. They would send it to one of the factories, usually in Pequot, Ohio, with you know fenders and doors and a hood, and then Coach May would build the rest of it. Right. Uh, they kind of quit doing that. Went to the smaller bodied cars, and you know they they share only a few parts with their normal road. Brethren. Oh. Right? So commercial chassis cars have uh, different drive shafts, different rear ends, and them, different brakes. So your standard 472, but it's got a long shaft turbo 400 in it, which Jesus. doesn't made up to anything ever made. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not, not that I'm bitter about that, mind you. But. You're not taking it to the Jiffy Lube to ask them to do a little tinkering. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, no, I'm no. starting to see, you know, yeah. you wouldn't be able to buy parts for that anywhere. Oh, no, and, and heaven help you if you have to buy a set of commercial uh, rotors because they're <laughs> impossible to find. And then when you do find them, your mailman is going to cuss you for days. They'd be heavy. Um, <laughs> you got a so helicopter for an Amazon. The newer stuff, right? So these cars are, you know, they're, they're rarely driven. You know, they only see a few miles a year. They're never taken above speed. Right. It's not like that Iowa commercial where the guy's driving through the road jamming out listening to another one bites the dust waving at people. <laughs> you know, or, <laughs> True that. Or some schmuck like me who's like literally done 120 through Virginia in a hearse on questionable tires because I'm an idiot. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but while they're in service, you know, they're kept in the garage. They're, they're driven very rarely. You know, upkeep is okay. But then when they get rid of them, if they're not picked up by another funeral home, they are just left outside to rot. And oh, yeah, it is a, yeah. it's a, it's a real shame. And a lot of funeral homes will just park them behind. And so they'll sit there for 10 years before you get your hands on one. Um, now there is, there's some mid 90 ones that are really nice with LT ones that um air conditioning. Like I can't even imagine driving a hearse with air conditioning. It's just a, a unfathomable concept. <laughs> I like, wait a minute. I live in Georgia and I don't have to, you know, have my boys dragging on the ground because it's so hot in here. That's amazing. <laughs> well, I would think you would have to have air conditioning considering, you know, you're basically the cold storage for, uh, you know, 30, 45 <laughs> minutes, depending on how long the trip is to the boneyard. Jesus, <laughs> if it gets nice and warm by the time you're there, you get a popping fresh coffin. Plus, <laughs> <laughs> when you cook them. Oh, man. This is this is going so no, far downhill. Those are... Those are uh, Grandpa fall well, down and go boom. The back of the car. Yeah. By the time they're in the back of the car, they're so pickled. You know, they, they have the little red nose. And everything. <laughs> it's just no good. <laughs> he, he get him to the cemetery. Oh, Grandpa sounds sloshy. <laughs> it's a formaldehyde. He don't smell so good. I need a cork and a wet wipes. <laughs> 
SpongeBob ripples her. Wait for the hole. Wait for the hole. Oh, oh, oh boy. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So sorry, Grandpa. Sorry. sorry. If anybody's offended, we, we sincerely ask for your blessings. Thank you, and please, Lord, bless the uh, children. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, so that's why you shouldn't buy hers. There, there, there you go. go. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> What's a stranger? <laughs> This has oh, gone man. so far uh, awry. rails. <laughs> so, what is this? <laughs> I almost feel like this is a, a non-question now. What's the strangest thing about being a hearse guy? Um. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, well, <laughs> give us top three to then. Uh, it, you develop the second hobby altogether, and it, this one seems even weirder than the first of just owning the hearse. You become obsessed with hearse memorabilia and antique funeral equipment. So, oh, yeah. oh almost, wow! Yeah, like almost everybody in the in the community has you know multiple caskets and throw cars and embalming fluid bottles. You know, I have a collection of like vintage you know late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds hand blown um, you know you know embalming fluid bottles and still have embalming fluids in them. Oh and wow! Got a, you know nineteen. Oh yeah, it looks like radiator fluid. It's really like a glycol. And a turkey baster. Definitely not. <laughs> I'm I'm not real sure why I suddenly made this leap, but I'm absolutely certain that you've got alcoholic beverages in at least one of those, and you drink it in front of other people. <laughs> you know, I'm again see previous statement about me being an idiot. I, I'm pretty sure I'd forget which one it was. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Wow, that's tangy. <laughs> <laughs> it's got quite a kick, though. <laughs> that's a new flavor. Playing in it. Yeah, I will say this though. Uh, I have a. It's a. I want to say it's a 1960 um, embalming machine that I bought, and you know, big cast iron deal. Oh, but yeah. I actually placed the vessel on it with a big Lexan uh, tub, so it looks factory. So last year for our Halloween party, we made this <laughs> disgusting punch that had like basically Jello in the bottom of it. And um, oh, <laughs> so this, this embalming, this working embalming machine was our, our punch bowl. You're injecting <laughs> this mess into cups. Oh, 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 oh. wow! Uh, that's like that's just magical. <laughs> wow. Okay, so you collect this uh, equipment. What are the other two? Oh no, that's like so. You get the, oh, that's the top you know, one. Yeah, yeah okay. That's very interesting. Done. Yes, <laughs> that's, done. Yeah, that's enough. Yeah, we're that's good. enough. <laughs> well, we're we're having a Halloween party at work, and I don't have to buy anything. I literally just walk around my house and pick up stuff. Oh, I'm, I'm like, sure. Oh, this is probably creepy to normal people. <laughs> <laughs> it's Halloween every day. <laughs> so it, now I've I've been dying for you to tell us this one. Uh, can you talk about what it's like to do a cross-country trip in a 72 Cadillac Miller Meteor hearse? <laughs> All right, let's, let's <laughs> think about some of the worst ideas you've ever had. And <laughs> take, take a deep ponder on them, right? And think about all the ways that things could go wrong. And there you have just getting to Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're back into Alabama. <laughs> oh, well... There's a reason why I always bash on Alabama. There is, it is a literal truth. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating one bit. I have never driven my hearse into the state of Alabama without suffering some catastrophic failure. <laughs> like, it is just bizarre. Especially of judgment. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, Sorry, yeah, Alabama, I really do love you. Every time. I've been to northern Alabama. It was beautiful. You know, we used to have 37 listeners in Alabama, Alabama, and they're all gone now. Well, that's all right. There's other things to do in Alabama than listen. Um, so anyway, so it, I forgot the year, but uh, we were going to a show in uh, Denver, right outside of Denver. And uh, I was like, you know what? This is the year. I'm going to do it. Gas prices are cheap. It's going to make it happen. Um, get the car ready. And, you know, a couple hours before we're about to go hit the road, I'm like, oh, crap. I forgot to, you know, just go over the brakes real quick. I just want to make sure everything's good. I take the back wheels off. And <laughs> I'm not sure... Like if you hired an actual gorilla or not to tighten the, the lug nuts on the rear of the car. Oh shit. But when I my big old Mongo ass had to like break them off, I sheared off two wheel studs on the same wheel. Oh God. Now, now let's rewind about ten minutes where I said you cannot find parts for this car. Yeah, did uh, did those, I mention that? Those stud those rear wheel studs uh, have been out of production for forty three years. And if you find one, even in like, if you're scrapping one of those things, you take those bolts out and you get $20 a piece for them on eBay. You know, like they're, they're that precious. <laughs> now me being the type of guy I am, I'm like, I will not be defeated by a mere bolt. Thank you very much. Run up to the parts store, grab the only bolts I can find that'll fit, drill them out, throw them in the car and hit the road. And, uh, you know, uneventful two hours to get to Alabama. I swear to you on the God's old and new we are 10 minutes inside of Alabama, throw a fan belt. And, oh. uh, fortunately we had the little, you know, auto, uh, auto zone gauge cluster down at the floorboard. And my wife said, car's going to warm. I looked down it's like 260 degrees. And, yeah, <laughs> That's a kiss uh, warm. <laughs> <laughs> and as a, as a, you know, a, a seasoned hearse owner, <laughs> I never leave my driveway without a couple of gallons of water, a couple of extra belt, upper, lower radiator hoses, you know, 15 feet of 10 gauge wire, every tool done to man, and three, jump them three, nine sixteenths wrenches. That, <laughs> I, that is just law in my world. So, jack, jack the car up on the side of the road on I 20, just inside of Alabama, replace the belt, get everything nice and tight. And I look over, and there are a pair of shiny boots. I'm like, oh, wonderful. This is great. And uh, <laughs> crawl from under the car, and I had that beautiful Bill Ingvall moment. He's like, Car breakdown? I was like, nah, I just thought I'd take, take a nap. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, you got a smart ass. You got a smart lawyer? <laughs> <laughs> well, I did have one of those those smart mount me hats. Mount me? Well, let me get a drink in me first. You know? <laughs> so we get back on the road. You know, we, we end up in, in Arkansas, and we stop at a gas station. This is like the tenth fill-up of the trip or something. <laughs> sure. And... We, but, you know, oh, it gets eight miles to a gallon. It does, I could be oh, pulling Stone God. Mountain across the earth, and I'm getting eight <laughs> miles to a gallon. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're in Arkansas. I'm filling up the gas. I, I go run inside to pay the, uh, pay the attendant, and the power goes out. And it is, like, <laughs> you know that scene in um, uh, Maximum Overdrive with all the trucks oh are just God, driving I around? I was like, just thinking that. Well, replace all of the semis with hummingbird-sized mosquitoes, oh. and that was like <laughs> that's a state bird now, isn't it? Oh my god, that's awful! It looked like I was I was being eaten by you know like vampire bats. But and so we get on the road, and they're they're pacing us, right? So I'm doing 75 miles an hour, and they're looking at me and laughing. And so you know, my wife you know picks up a magazine and kind of points it through the window, so we're getting airflow through to blow them out of the car. 
um, God, it was just ridiculous. We, you know, we get up there, we party for a few days, and we, we head on back. And uh, coming out of Mississippi, we get right inside the Alabama border, <laughs> uh, just outside of Meridian, Mississippi, water pump blows. Like, just comes <gasps> oh, apart. Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> so this is before, you know, we all had cell phones. And uh, so I'm now stuck just 10 minutes inside of Alabama at a truck stop that had, you know, a little greasy spoon and, you know, nearest uh, part stores 20 minutes away. You think they're going to have a part, you know, the water pump for a 472. You were mistaken. <laughs> so I call a buddy of mine up. I'm like, hey, find me a water pump. He finds one about 45 minutes away. I have to bribe the dude to come bring it to me the next morning. And uh, although... Wasn't that bad. The only bad part was uh, my shirt kept hiking up a little bit, and I ended up with like crescent moon sunburn right at the top of my butt. (laughs) (laughs) That's the moon of Alabama, boy. Don't you understand Uh, nothing? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that is yeah. The my moons over Miami. I'd be damned. Yeah. uh, yeah. So we went through, uh, I think we figured out 315 gallons of gas on that trip, round trip. Good God. It was a, yeah. Well, fortunately it was like a dollar 25 at the time. So, um, still that's an investment. I would be like, I'm calling somebody to ship this thing. I will pick you back up somewhere else. Cheaper. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now here's, here's the one that I've been dying to ask you. And it's very appropriate for the Halloween show. Tell us about your 58 Plymouth and how it ruined your childhood. And then subsequently (laughs) (laughs) killed your spirit later in life. Oh, you you remember earlier I said my dad died when I was 10. You want to talk about that again? Because we'll bring up painful memories. Um, (laughs) You got some salt? (laughs) I have a razor blade. Let's go. All right. So the, the 58 Plymouth that ruined my life. Now, why a 58 Plymouth? You may be asking yourself. Um, I'm sure like all car guys and I've expressed this many, many times, but like you have your favorite car movie. It could be, you know, like the modern times is the fast and furious movies or, you know, it could be stroke or ace or smoking the bandit cannibal run, you know, bullet, whatever your, your flavor is. Um, mine was the movie Christine, which was yes. a 1958, uh, Plymouth Fury two door hardtop sport coupe with the 350 <sighs> gold commando motor in it and the push-button torque flight transmission, right? And in the movie, it was a uh, Camaro red, so that was not a factory um, color, and it was, a, of course, a Belvedere with Fury trim on it. Sounds like he's got this down just a little. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I I hunted one for for many, many years, and though I I couldn't really afford it at the time, I kept looking anyway, because I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm not a proud man, but 20 bucks is 20 bucks, and whatever it takes to get the car. (laughs) So... (laughs) I'm, I'm sitting at work one day and a friend of mine calls me up and he's like, dude, uh, I bought a 58 Savoy with a sport roof. You know, it's a two door Savoy sport roof, which is the exact same body line, different trim. Uh, but it's down in Tampa and I can't go get the car. And the guy's being a total a about it. So he's going to just sell the car again and not give me my money back. I was like, well, this, these injustices shall not stand. I say, I am your man. I am your man. sir." And he says, you can, you can buy the car from me. We'll work out payment later. Cool. So we didn't agree on any money. I just suddenly the car of my dreams has magically appeared before me yeah. and it is my time to shine. So I called my buddy, redneck Mike, like I explained the situation to him in about three sentences. He's like, Hey, oh yeah, we go and get a trailer and we book it down to Tampa. Well, bear in mind, this whole story starts after noon 
at work. <laughs> so I have to, you know, go home, get Mike, we go get trailer and it's seven o'clock before we hit the road or something like that. Oh so it is well into the, the, the terrible hours of the morning or evening, depending on if you're still up or not. Hey, Alabama. Um, <laughs> I don't think he likes me much, Jedi. I don't think so. Holy poop. So, so, so we get down there, it's the middle of the night, and, um, you know, to, to say that the car was not as described, you know, like, there's, there's a couple of phrases no man ever wants to hear, you know, starting with, like, are you done yet, or is it in yet, and then the last one being... Ran when parked, right? Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> in 1959. Oh, my God. Uh-oh. Oh, no, no. This car, uh, it, <laughs> if it ran in 1959, what they did was they just took off from Tampa and drove it into the ocean and somehow, you know, some <laughs> under the water managed to go and hit an oil derrick, like right in the middle of the Gulf. And then, you know, we're dumping toxic sludge on it and salt and, you know, like throwing bologna on the paint or whatever. It was just everything that could ruin a car had been done to this thing. Oh. It was, it was a, like, you, can you imagine getting tetanus from seeing something like this? <laughs> it started in his eyeballs. <laughs> Retinous. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big dude, right? So, like, if I watch somebody eat carbs, I will gain weight. This is just like that. We took with, like, disease and locked y'all. So, Sympathetic. Uh, now, I've, we've, we've traveled all this way, and I'm not leaving without the car. And so I say to the guy, I was like, dude, this isn't the car that, you said it was, you know, like you took all these super shady pictures of it and sent them to my buddy Richard. And yeah, it was just not even close. It was just his creative use of like the MySpace pose where, you know, like really unattractive people would Instagram filter my shot. ass. <laughs> Make sure you're exactly. looking up. Yeah. <laughs> Don't look so much like Janet Jackson so much as Freddie Jackson. <laughs> so. So I, said, I was like, dude, what what are you doing here? This isn't the, the right car. I'll never forget it. He goes, that sounds like your problem, not mine. Oh, I, I, my God. Dude, like in the background, you can you can hear you know Pavarotti singing, you know, Nessun Dorma from Pagliacci. Like, I'm, he's like, this is the moment. This is this is when it all ends for this man. I, I'm, my killing spree begins today. <laughs> so, so I. I, I just, I lose my shit. I just absolutely lose my mind, and I just take off after the dude. And oh you know, he's booking it because you know, this crazy tattooed ginger running at him at 2.30 <laughs> in the morning through his yard. Um, <laughs> so my buddy Mike, he he managed to lead me just right. You know, it's like, how can you shoot women and children? You don't lead them as much. Well, he led me just right. And he managed to tackle me before I managed to get my meat hooks on this man and rip him to pieces. Uh, and then moment of clarity came and I was like, Oh wow. I, I almost assaulted a man in his own yard in the middle of the night, pulling a trailer that doesn't belong to me. And, you know, taking this car from this guy's yard, we should get out of here quickly. <laughs> so, you know, we, we, we went the car up on there and, you know, air, just atrocious and as we're leaving and I'm fuming. I, I may or may not have like gotten the car really, really close to this 59 Cadillac he had in the backyard <laughs> down the side <laughs> with the trailer. <laughs> I can neither, <laughs> so, <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny that happened. Thank you very much. <laughs> Alabama. Whatever the statute of limitations is, on that, you know, just, let's just assume that didn't happen. Uh, all conjecture. <laughs> 
so we're you know we we have to pull over at this point. You know, we're we get on the road. We're about an hour, and Mike and I haven't said a single word to each other. Uh, I think I would describe it as a companionable silence, where it's just a moment of understanding between two car guys of just how bad our situation is. <laughs> and uh, so we pull over on the side of the road, get a couple hours of sleep, and you know we wake up and this now we can get back on the road, but. As we're driving, we realize that it looks like a star field uh, from like, you know, jumping to warp speed <laughs> coming off the back of the car. Sh- it's shedding so much rust and the roof <laughs> is about to come off of it. Oh my God. So it we, have to, we, pull over, we have to keep throwing ratchet straps over it to keep the car from coming apart as we're going down the road. And uh, a nice, long, quiet journey later, we get back to the house and uh, we unload the car. It's the first time I've really gotten to see it in the daylight, right? Like I just did, you know, so I start surveying it. I think, okay, you know, maybe there's something there. I'm an optimist, you know, uh, which has got me in more trouble because I look at something that is clearly not supposed to be alive any longer. And I think, well, I can fix that. That's a little, you know, That'll buff out. A little duct tape, bailing wire. That'll buff out. And, uh... And there's just nothing. I mean, there's not a part on this car that you could melt and turn into, you know, bad cutlery. So oh. I'm out there and my wife, my wonderful, wonderful, amazing, beautiful wife walks outside and she sees the car and just comes over and gives me a big hug and just says, I'm sorry. Like, I don't have to say a word. She oh. just appreciates how bad this is right off the rip. And I did what any proper car slash redneck would do. And I just got eggs sucking drunk. And, you know, I stumble out there with my red solo cup full of bourbon and uh, stand in front of us. Okay, kick, show me. <laughs> the headlight bezel falls off. I lose, I lose my mind. I am laughing so hard. I you know, probably started to vomit. I certainly blacked out. But it was, <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. Yeah, that uh, that was the one that, that did it for me because uh, you know, again, imagine like you grow up and you know your next door neighbor is this absolutely gorgeous girl that's exactly the same age as you, and you you know every day you play together. And then you know you, you you get the tingle in the teenage years, and you guys are best friends. And then for your 18th birthday, she decides, you know, I'm going to take your V card, and you go for it, and she's bigger than you. You know, utter. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> that wow. was great. Great disappointment. Wow. I didn't watch the movie again for for years. I mean, it was, oh, I'll it was bet. about two years ago before before I finally decided it was. I had overcome my you know piled upon it hump all of my hatred Moby Dick moment of this car. So. <laughs> <laughs> the old man in the sea body. Oh, yeah, that's great. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that's, I tried to drag it in, but a shark ate it. I'm, I, I don't know if this gets any better, but this is always my favorite question to ask everybody. What's the dumbest thing you've ever done in a car? Holy crap. Um, how old, long is this show? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it, I think we have to qualify it because it, it's also a question of is it the dumbest or the most illegal or the most irresponsible, you know, because at some point you have to start adding meta information to your own stupid stories because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just an idiot, you know. Um, but oddly enough, this one, I, I think I'm going to go with, I once sold a, a 12-second 97 Cobra and I bought a Corolla, oh which I goodness. think is probably the dumbest thing I've ever done in a, in a car. Um, what a... 
awful. Oh, actually, <laughs> same same ninety seven Cobra. Uh, wife and I are tooling around, and I happen to come across this intersection. There's no cars around, so I just started doing donuts. Right? Um, <laughs> well, as, as yeah. one does. <laughs> And uh, yeah, didn't they write a song yeah. about that? I went down to the crossroads and <laughs> yeah, did donuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say that the devil never tuned to this guitar, but Robert Johnson was certainly playing on the stereo. So, <laughs> so I started doing donuts in the middle of the intersection, and um, you know, my wife and I we both smoked at the time, so she's smoking a cigarette. And I literally, she's halfway down, doesn't drop the ash because she's just so used to my shenanigans, and she's like, "Are you finished?" <laughs> oh god so yeah kind of that was the second time you heard that off. that day <laughs> <laughs> oh man this, i'm never gonna both be able inches. to <laughs> <laughs> oh man well both, both engines turgid with fear yes yeah. uh, you know, run from the cops and i've, I've hit the upper <laughs> limit of what a, a mustang will do uh going down the interstate in the middle of the night um uh, you know i had a 75 firebird that was hitting on seven and a 400 in it. It had been repoed five times before I got it, but somehow I just couldn't get rid of it. And, uh, yeah, I managed to blow that one up street racing um, and then had to push it back to my parents' house. Oh, <laughs> man. That's, I think the oil pump broke. I think that's what happened, Dad. I'm so sorry. Yeah. And this is why I always look forward to our Halloween show. Chris, thank you so very much. Uh, we'll we'll have you can find Chris online. Uh, he is the founder of the Dead Ends Hearse Club, and he's one of the founding members of the National Hearse and Ambulance Association. You can hear Chris every Thursday at eight p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, on. Uh, Where'd that, uh, where'd that link go that we got? Chris, where can we hear you every Thursday at e- oh. <laughs> 8 Eastern Standard Time? All right, hold on. i gotta, I got to give you the radio voice for this one. <clears throat> oh, nice. Tune in every Thursday night at 8. Uh, Thursday night at 8 Eastern Standard Time to Gachi Psychoholic Radio Extravaganza, a weekly foray into the mind of a severely ADD man on too much caffeine. Tune in to Garage71.net to hear more. Garage71.net. Garage71.net. And very very nice, by the way. Well, very professional. The the, uh, the reason I was having trouble sorting that out is because we have so many social media links for Chris, the National Hearse and Ambulance Association, Dead Ends, Garage71. We're going to have all of those available on readthedriven.com. Chris, thank you so much for being with us. I'm pretty sure this is Mark and I's favorite show every year, the Halloween show. This is the guy who got me onto the Hearse Club on Facebook. So in my feed, every once in a while, pops up some beautiful, long, you know, last ride beast. And I'm like, oh, damn, that's Chris. You're not alone. (laughs) You too. Chris, thanks so much, man. That's how it starts. Thank you so much for being (laughs) with us. I'm already looking forward to having you back on. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for spending time with Driven Radio. Uh, we love what we do. This is just the most fun thing, and we really enjoy this. Meeting people like Chris, it's that's what makes it worth it. it. It's Yeah, it, it makes it absolutely worthwhile. And we wouldn't be able to do this without people listening to us. So absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on online at readthedriven.com. Follow us on Facebook at forward slash Driven Radio Show. On Twitter at Driven Radio Show. And everywhere, find podcasts are heard. Uh, I'm Brett Hatfield for Mark Groves and Corey Pratt. Thanks for listening, and we're sure happy to be back. We'll be with you next week on Driven Radio. Driven Radio.